Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the creep. Great response there to the conspiracy. Oh, they loved it, didn't they? Which oh, I couldn't. Where are you seeing the responses, guys? Sorry, Insta- Instagram. Oh, okay. Not a <laughs> where are you seeing? <laughs> Just on any of the channels that Just they engage the with us. Okay, hi guys. Yes, I am there too. I swear, I am. I am. But uh, I I'm swear. liking and retweeting. Like and retweet. <laughs> we you. were recording it, and I was thinking, I don't know how this is gonna go. You know, people have a love hate. I with- thought we got too far into the conspiracy, and I was like, oh. We've, we've ventured off from the like, what became of the contestants from the swan? And now we're like, we live in a goddamn simulation. Any evidence we find to prove that we're in a simulation is part of the simulation, so we'll never get out of it. Yeah, well, we've got to engage with reality. Like, it can't all be swan contestants. That's true. Like, we need to fucking, you know, get with the simulation program. Um, that's the one we're living in. Well, yeah, people absolutely loved it. Then I came across that T-shirt Amazing. From uh, Kitsch is the name of the shop. And did you that buy was it with your own hit. bitcoins? Bought it with my own monies. I bought one for Lydia too. And matching t shirt. You I think guys, now, you have a lot of matching items, don't you? Well, see, the, the rule of thumb is now that like I can't buy anything for myself without buying something for Lydia as well. So if I want to own things, I just buy it in Do a different color. What, yeah. <laughs> what a perfect rule. Financial help would be great. <laughs> So here we are in the world of another crazy Corona week. And then you shared that last when we were talking about it in January, how could everything get worse? Oh, that that was a clip that resurfaced that people have been used now to give out to us. We said in 2020, Sherlock, it can only get better. We said in January, it can only get better. Things are on the up. And people have taken that snippet of the conversation <laughs> and, and keeps it, oh, no. it to us. Oh no. Well, I think like I jinxed us back in 2017 
on Mother of Hot because I remember saying at the end of 2017 that was a shite mare of a year <laughs> it really can't get worse I, I look we haven't had a lot of celebrities die yet this year that we know of yet I think that was a 2016 that thing that was the 2016 yeah. thing yeah I don't, I don't care about those people do you? Um, I, somebody really got to me Anthony Bourdain but that was the following mm. year I think yeah that was a bad one Um, but like sure no I was completely indifferent to the likes of Alan Rickman. Speaking of Anthony Bourdain, oh, yeah. do you remember um, his last girlfriend before he died? Yeah. And the drama-rama with her... And the young and boy. And the very young boy she's co-starred with from a very young age and then sort of, you know, behaved in a motherly fashion towards... I think, did they meet when he was about six or seven? And then eventually became kind of lovers with when he became... Anyway, there was... There's so news I've been on that, is there? well, no, but I guess I just got into a rabbit hole of YouTube listening to, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's very oh. bad." She seems a little creepy, mm-hmm. and now she was one of the, the big Weinstein um, accusers, mm. and had uh, her story of Weinstein was very overt. As far as, as, as I remember. I can't remember it though. I'm pretty sure she was one of the core people who came out. Her uh, and Rose McGowan. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I can't, I'm so, this is bad, I can't remember her name. But you're the one who brought her up. What's Alyssa, her name? Or oh, I can't remember. It's, it's I'll look it up. Is she Italian? She is an Italian. And I'm Italian. Italian. Um, she's Italian and uh, yeah, I mean, I was about to tar the whole of mainland Europe with a kind of a, they do that kind of thing though, don't they? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, Asea Argento. Argento, that's yeah. it. Because she's um, the director, uh, Dino Argento's daughter. That's exactly right. Um, anyway, little snippet. Snippet. Does anyone have a creep of the week? There has been a lot of creep tips oh coming in. Oh my What do you have? <laughs> well, I don't know. Golfgate? Oh Golfgate. God. Like there is a mass gathering of creeps of the week. What the fuck? If were we they? could have just crop dusted them with Corona, that would have just taken care of a whole. Uh, they de- probably are too afraid people. to come out and be like, "Actually, all eighty-one of us do have coronavirus." <laughs> now we were right. So sorry. So how many of them were politicians? Fifty percent. Well, it was the Oireachtas Golf Society. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't even like it was a separate golf society that members of the Oireachtas were involved in. It's a secret organization. In the Oireachtas, what I really appreciate were the likes of Gary Gannon coming out and tweeting that just as an FYI, it's not a case that some of us couldn't make it. It's that a lot of the TDs aren't invited to be part oh, of the Oireachtas. This is a private call. WhatsApp group. This is a oh. this is a group within a group. Right. This is a this is where deals are made. Now, it's got Supreme Court that judges. They had a TDs. conversation. Sean O'Rourke. Let he's not tell there. anyone. Now he's lucky think? that he's off the air because yeah. it would really. Yeah. I've heard his righteous kind of uh, tone. Sorry, sorry, Jen. Do you think they talked amongst themselves and they were glad? This looks bad. No photographs tonight. No, just let's keep this one under the radar. I mean, how did they... Or was it with the confidence of men? Perhaps. It was the confidence of well, powerful, powerful men. Powerful men, yeah. This does not apply to me. Obviously, the uh, the joyous nature of golf Fends off the virus. Yeah. What's Nothing to worry about. Doesn't matter. Right. And I do you think it's the elderly wonder. man element as well? Impos- will not follow rules. Even their own fucking rules. Do you think their own wait staff and stuff at the station hotel were like, 
What the fuck yes. do they think they're doing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I it had to have come from someone within who was like, there is Sean O'Rourke now. There is uh, there's Dara. There's, you know, naming them all. Well, there you go. That's just the world we live in at the moment. Emer McLeisett tweeted, I worked in the K Club one summer and therefore I'm never surprised by anything. So insight into that, the, the golf kind of echelon. Thank you to everyone who forwarded me the uh, scrotum backpack. Again. Um, Hello. Thank you. Just around got that about a handful of times. We got another one. <laughs> I get one of those backpacks. I can't remember what it looks like. Literally. Like balls. Oh yeah, it's like a ball a sack. Squat. Yeah, yeah. With hairs. Is it called the ball sack TM? It might be. If it's not, we should trademark the ball sack. And, I'm sure. And basically it, totally revolt that idea. I'm, with a better Almost name. Almost positive somebody else has it. I um, really need to buy a bum bag and... A fanny uh, pack? A fanny pack. And like... You can have my one. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah's schooler enforcing fanny packs. Which I just think is the best trolling yeah. thing. It's completely unnecessary. As Sarah pointed out, they all have pockets. They all have school bags. They can hold their own hand sanitizer. But instead, the school is insistent they wear fanny packs. Just everyone rummaging around hands, in their crotches. Of hand sanitizer. And men in it? your school will love that. Oh my god! Any excuse? <laughs> a fanny pack. You, oh, thank you. A fanny pack of hand sanitizer is a great idea, though. Maybe that's the solution. Fill your fanny with hand sanitizer and be fill on your fanny. Way. Hand sanny, you missed it. I was like um, waiting for it to come out of you. Yeah. What I really want is like a furry bum bag that people will just and I'll wear it with a pair of flesh-coloured shorts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just have constant double takes. Just constantly horrifying. If you people. could get like. Get, or even like one of those long haired guinea pig kind of Ah, yeah. Yes. That's what you're describing. <laughs> what we need is something like a comic strip starring all our favourite peeps, like the long haired guinea pig, Travis, Andy, Larry. Larry. They all need to have adventures together. Oh, yeah. Now, somebody's forwarded me uh, the trailer for the new series, I think it's a docuseries, or it might be a film, of the Your Killer, Liver Pudlian, I think. Oh, Dennis Nielsen. Yeah, oh with my God. Uh, David Tennant. <gasps> and it looks I'm so excited about amazing. David That's a very it. good casting. Yeah. So it's coming out in September. Everyone get excited. I am excited. Thanks for mm-hmm. the heads up, kids. It's going to be excellent, I'm sure. I can't remember where it's on. but I'll be just there, that annoying person in the back being like, I'm it was not actually accurate now. Yeah. Lads, I watched the best documentary of all time. I watched the worst. You go first. Mine, okay, granted, two stars. Okay. okay. Uh, best bad. It, it was sensational. The name of the documentary, The Girl Who Became Three Boys. Oh, uh, yes, I know it. it well. Do you know where I first came across YouTube this story? YouTube is obsessed with recommending it. Absolutely obsessed. And do you know who's covered it umpteen times in, in many different This ways? morning. Chat Magazine. Ch- oh, no <laughs> doubt. Chat, it's, this is chat. This, the story this, has chat all it over it. It originated in Chat Magazine, I would say. It is sensational. Are you going it's, to tell us the story? I'll today? tell you the story. I will. I have a couple of stories that, that you can choose from. Okay. People send this in to us all the time. I know. I don't know why I didn't. I thought maybe we couldn't. I, I just felt like it might be crossing over into... Well, I think that this girl is... is I, I think the girl who came three boys is probably... She was very young at the time and I think it was she some was young, sort of illness there. Exactly, and I didn't know whether she was sort of trialing... She's not trans. A trans No, kind of, I don't think she identifies no. as trans, but definitely... I think definitely identifies as gay and I think a lot of it was just growing up and wanting to be somebody else. Sure, but her friend who is a gay woman and was in the documentary was like, if she was gay, I was gay and she we were friends. She could, yeah. I mean, I was the person to come out to if she needed to, if she felt mm. she mm. needed somewhere to go. Yeah, and then there and was a lot of sexual assault in the that's story. It, Sorry, so, like, so, like, the... not just like, oh, the poor thing was confused. She 
No, no, there was full raping. There was, yeah. Um, so anyway, what do you guys have for us today? That is, for anyone who doesn't know the story, they've no idea what happened there. Fine, I'll tell it from the start later. <laughs> do it. It's a good story. Yeah. Um, my documentary uh, that I watched that is, guys, I'm, I'm no. still shook. Now, are you talking about the tank? Did you watch the one about the tank? No. Brilliant. Never mind. Forget I said anything at all. Okay, I'm wiping it. Nothing stays in here anyway. So forget the Thomas the Tank Engine documentary. <laughs> Never happened. Nobody watched it. I'm going to blow your minds with this one next later. On my list. Oh, okay, I can't wait. Oh no, what I did last night was like all the way, like from scrolling to pressing play, I was like, don't do this. Don't do this. Why are you doing this? Don't right, do this. I even was going to text you guys and be like, one of those I'm about to do the thing please stop me messages that you occasionally are very helpful about stopping me although then I lie and just do it anyway who was it I feel like that oh so basically I, I googled most fucked up documentaries ever scan the list most of them we've done yeah proud yeah. I'd say our little child who set his parents house on fire oh that's the best documentary ever made uh, yeah I'd say Pop he's quiz up for there the name. oh he's got a funny name I mean, I'm thinking of Gosh, but that's the kid who, that's little, little Stevie Gosh, isn't it? Anyway, Johnny Johnny, Gosh. sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, it's called, basically, I'm, this is a public service announcement. If you find today's episode too light on disturbing and harrowing content, watch The Family I Had. Oh, dear. Oh, God, that what? is so sinister sounding. Come on. What is it? Never heard of it. I'm I amazed. Barely, I can actually barely breathe through what this. What story did they tell? Will I tell you? Give us the give us the little... What? Yeah, is this your story for today? No, I'm not oh. going near this okay. ever again. But okay. why did I put this into my brain? I'm just doing that thing where I offload it. Great. Okay. Um, so basically, the documentary, the story begins with a 911 call in like 2006. They're pretty, har- they it's, can be harrowing. It's about midnight. Right. And um, it's a young boy. He's really upset. God. And he's like, I, I, I killed someone. And the operator is like, you think you killed somebody? <laughs> the operators are gone. And he's like, no, I know I did. And it's revealed He's he, killed his whole family. No, his little sister. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, God. Oh. Now, those of us with smaller siblings have had those urges. <laughs> those urges exist. They're very real. I'd say of all the in, inner family homicides, I'd say elder siblings killing younger ones is probably the number one. Yeah, statistically like most yeah. likely. Okay, so because basically of, on, a, on behalf of their so team. annoying behavior. At a certain time. Yeah. Oh, it was so harrowing. Like, why did I do it? Oh, God. And all the way through, I kept being like, just stop. Just turn back. Stop now. Stop now. Ten minutes later. Stop now. Oh. Well, if you... Okay, here's a good selection. You watch so your sick. one and then you watch mine. Okay, go on. Because there, it nothing will entertain you more than this documentary. Because of... um, So there's a few victims... And there's one, her name is Jess. She is a fucking star. She is the funniest. Her delivery is unbelievable. She just, it's the, she's magnetically hilarious. I loved every second of her. Um, You sound like you're describing yourself. No, no, she was brilliant. She (laughs) was just so gassed. But 
she ended up, Jessica, this all happened around the ages of 17, 16, 15. Anyway, no, they were definitely underage, right? Um, I'll just give you a bit of background on the documentary in case you want to check it out yourself, mm-hmm. right? It's called The Girl Who Became Three Boys. It's all, it's on YouTube right there. 50 minutes. You're not going to regret it. <laughs> Those two star raiders. Not like the family I had. Missed. They just didn't get it right. Do you know what also the documentary features? You know this new thing? I think it comes from an Asian country where they sort of animate stories in this bizarre way. Oh, yeah. With these crappy animations. Yeah, I've seen mm. it. Uh, which it. sometimes speech balls and things. So they did this um, for this story when it was in the news. And during the documentary, they have some of the victims watching these fucking weird, they kind of slice it into the documentary. Oh God, how weird to watch your own assault done in a bad animation. Yeah, and the way they filmed them watching it, the animation itself, hilarious, but they weren't laughing while watching. It's just, oh God, it was just funny. Anyway, uh, so the documentary starts, okay, Gemma Barker is the name of the girl this all centers around. Mm -hmm. Then there's Jess, a victim number one. Then there's Alice, right? Assumed name. Assumed name. Another girl. Uh, so Jess and Alice, same class in school, very good mates. Okay. And, sorry, yeah, right. Gemma, a year older than Jess and Alice, uh-huh. but crucially, had a car. Oh, oh huge yeah. cachet when you're so, a teenager. absolutely. The three of them became these sort of driving around best buds, having great crack do you remember like smoking out the window all of that stuff yeah going to McDonald's at yeah. lunchtime from school I was the person with the car and a sunroof in it there was a lot of smoking going but on in that car you need to be hanging out with your peers yeah because if you're not you're a troublemaker there's something slightly wrong yeah do you know what I mean and do you know those every friend group has that odd older Kid who just latches to you. Here, Sophie, do you happen to remember the Walters crew we used to? So me and yes, Sophie were yes. uh, under probably 16, 16, 17. We were befriended by this group of older sort of men type people who were able to get served. And we ended up in this weird relationship where they would sort of buy us drinks at the bar because they could. And we'd just go there every Saturday. And they were sort of friends, but not really but we knew it was weird and we were aware there was a trade-off happening. <laughs> and our guy friends benefited slightly. The ones that were our age. Yes. Yeah, yes. That were guys in our friend group. So yeah, this, they this were happened. very suspicious. Of course, rightly so. Anyway, this happens then. But they were almost kind teenagers. of neutered by the presence of the sort of older males. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. Mm. So anyway, Gemma, they were, uh, Gemma, the other two girls, Alice and Jess's parents were a bit suspicious of this one, Gemma. Okay, but she's only a year older. Yeah, but they didn't, was, they yeah. weren't really on board with her. They just felt like some, there was something kind of off. Jess, our protagonist, victim number one, very foot gas, telling Jess. the story. Uh, and she said, she ended up, I think there was a bit of trouble, uh, trouble at mill with her mum and she ended up living with her granny. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she had kind of a bit of the great relationship, but the granny didn't like the cut of this one, Jessica's jib at all. Right. And was like, sorry, didn't like Gemma. This is going to get confusing, by the way. Okay, and I'm yeah. the worst person to tell this story. So I'm going to take these colored pencils. Love it. And we're just going to, we're going to use this as a visual aid for ourselves. Gemma, green. Jess is blue. And that one, Alice, who I don't really talk about is orange. Cool. Okay. So anyway, so... Then everything's going great. And but they're starting to get interested in the boy stuff. 
Gotcha. And because they are girl, uh, the year is 2013, so we're fully in sort of Facebook My mode. Space. Sure. Uh, I think it's Facebook that they did all their communications. Yeah, but they were like smartphones, all that carry on. Does so, people just get forgotten in the in the history of the internet? Because we always go MySpace and then Facebook and we're like, oh yeah, MSN, we talk about things. But like, yeah. I'm sure there's some Bebo crimes we need to uncover. There definitely is. There definitely is. Sure, wasn't um, your Home and Away star Bebo-centric? Yes. Home and Away star? Or oh, was yeah. it Facebook? Can't remember. I remember. Anyway. Sure, Facebook just Gemma. stole everything from Bebo. Things were going great with the three gals. Still good mates. Okay. Cool. One day, Alice, Orange, yeah, Pen, Orange Pen, met somebody online. They started to sort of hit it off. Ooh. This young, attractive, Bieber-esque character called Aaron. Eee. So they were having a great time together. They were sort of online flourishing relationship. Mm. Uh, classic in online Dating every time uh, this Alice one might pull away from Aaron, Aaron would, you know, have another Love dead bomber. family member. Oh God! Or be yeah. in a car crash. Oh yeah, oh, God! Or be in the hospital. And they were doing all this stuff like there was sort of she wanted to meet him. He was like, I'm not sure if I feel ready. I have alopecia. I don't have alopecia. I mean, there was just there. Were, he was bringing out all the reasons. Anyway, they did eventually. <laughs> Did he say alopecia, yeah? Well, this, this relates to what happened when she met him eventually. Oh, yeah. He, uh, very nice. She found very attractive, but in kind of a teenage way, I myself did this too. He had a hat that he refused to take off. Oh, yeah. So Aaron's hat was sort of like a novelty, it sounded like a novelty ski hat, you know, like a jester thing with, with okay, yeah. things flying off it. Remember yeah. those? Yeah. Maybe it was made of fleece or something. Those kind of tongues and they had little bells on the end. Yeah, but Alice was like, Grant. He, you know, he's got a problem here. He's like trying to keep a lowish profile yeah. and wearing that hat. He fucking did successfully <laughs> do that. And uh, Alice was interviewed during the documentary. She was like in a black, blacked out room, you know, so you couldn't see her face. But she describes having no, met him, really liked him. They hit it off. At no point did she find him familiar in any way. This is a recurring Why? thing that happens yeah. with the two I mean, girls. It's, it's, and it's fucking bananas. Okay. Anyway, so she, they were meeting and like having a sort of, relationship hat staying on hair coming down over face so very really, beaver very, very sweet beaver though you're only getting like the bottom half of this person's so face uh so okay and so they were meeting like in well-lit public places yes absolutely were they getting soon the after yes nice. they were but so far just topping okay over clothes feeling okay just Gyrating. Just the, yes. intensely. Just the hum, a dry humping relationships. The, More the force of a dry hump. When starting you're a, a small fire. So, <laughs> next thing, Jess kicks off her own relationship with a boy called Luke. Okay. Really nice. You know, like was able to talk to her. Jess seemed like really smart, very articulate. She was like, oh no, I was, we were, I had no suspicions whatsoever. Again, a little bit with holding in terms of meeting up IRL yeah but she did eventually meet him in real life okay similar kind of to Aaron Beanie this time Ooh, yeah not only that but also oversized hood directly over face but the interesting thing about Luke was these are all my teenage boyfriends I know but that's it <laughs> giant oversized slip not totally, yeah uh, the thing about Luke was he would never speak to her she never heard his voice I know. So this makes sense when you remember being a teenager. Yeah. So you, they used to meet. And he would type <laughs> just on his how, phone. Yeah. Right. He would type like 
like they would talk she would talk and he would reply on the phone and hand her his phone to read what oh my god the stuff you do for a shift yeah as a teenager but that's how yeah exactly so anyway that's so she never heard his voice and that sort of uh, and he never she only saw the bottom half of his face Jess now did admit that she thought at one point that there was a she got a feeling that he looked a little like Gemma because they had identical teeth and she said you guys have got to be cousins you know, and of course he just typed back no, no, no relation. And then suspicion had ended. But, oh, it's so... Yeah. I mean, remind me of um, Jess's age. Like, she's 15 or so. Yeah, we're in 15, 16 Is there any age. sense that, like, she's, she's not like, oh, maybe some part of me kind of knew, but I was colluding because I liked the relationship and I was excited. It's funny because, yeah, you would think that... That was, that was my initial thought when I was first watching it, but... No, she articulates everything really well. And you get the sense from the documentary that she would sort of say. But then because of the whole legal case behind it. uh, She couldn't now say I sort of did because that would there would have been some kind of uh, undermine everything that came out. Kind of, I guess. So, yes. Now, but she absolutely categorically says that she didn't. Yeah, she categorically says she didn't because of what happens next. Like. There was a lot, there was a, he, like, anyway, I'll tell you later. So, the text Luke, on the phone, like, that is just the bang of adolescence. Oh, that. it's unbelievable. I, I was it? like, that's so, yeah, a thing it's so that bizarre that I can happen. actually totally <laughs> understand this. Sure, Luke was like, I'm shy. <clears throat> I have a speech impediment. Yeah. My brother's dead. My you granny's know, in the hospital. There's a plethora of reasons. I have alopecia. This, this is what the two girls had decided what might be wrong with Aaron and Luke. Right. They, they were unrelated boys. These were just their boyfriends. Yeah, and they were pals. Chatting. And she, they were both like, look, what's with the hat stuff? And they were like, oh, maybe. And would Gemma Alopecia. be in on yeah. these chats as herself? Kind of. Gemma, Jess describes Gemma as when the two girls got the boyfriends, Gemma was sort of on the out okay, because faded. they were distracted. And okay, but sure, yeah. Gemma was busy. Of course. Real busy. Real fucking busy. Okay. Anyway. So, Luke... Uh, started pressuring Jess to have sex. Right. Right. And Jess was like, no, I'm not ready. Uh, like, I don't I don't feel this is, no, basically. God, yeah. Do you remember then, this? It's just like the whole conversation of your whole team. I know. Yeah. Not like, for me. Not for me. No, thank you right now. But it was right more now. like, kind of like, yeah, it was just like, this is constantly on the agenda, but like, mm. when, whatever side you were on, it was like, am I, or aren't I? Ready or having or not? Yeah. It's just like ugh. Well, it's just obsessive I was just, time. I was life. never offered sex or drugs as a teenager. Really, it's just left. I would have sorted you out with both. <laughs> no, I had no idea. Just, my parents probably worrying unnecessary, Imagine. and I was out there being like, "Someone proffer me something inappropriate." Give me something, I'm gagging for Please. something inappropriate. So many older brothers. Were any of their mates not trying to one older brother? You into all gay. Oh, only one. Yeah, oh, yeah, so much gayness. How much age? Was? gap is there between us would I have been a creepy 18 year old offering you drugs at yeah, there's 12 what? years so no. yeah, yeah it, would have been, it would have been inappropriate guys oh, 13 years right so you were pretty much you, Jen. like Jess as she says herself a very frigid teenager absolutely so Jess who was 18 at the time of filming ha, uh, regarded her 15 year old self as not ready for sex frigid good so work. she says grant work, whatever you, whatever you want to say but uh Luke, so Luke was unfaithful to Jess, right? 
or so became, you know, true texts. That's what he said. And then a new character arrived to console Jess, this boy called Connor. No. So Luke disappeared. Connor was on the scene. Uh, her online pieces. friend. Again, or was it Connor who... Anyway, I'm getting... You'll doesn't, watch the documentary matter. and you'll hear that I've made a balls of the story, but it doesn't matter anyway because they're all the same fucking Gemma. So anyway, this new Connor arrived to console Jess and blah, blah, blah. She said, they met again, another disguise... Uh, couldn't see his face, blah, blah, blah. So this is the third boy, right? Luke, <laughs> Jess Aaron, just like, oh, what's with boys? But boys are kind of like that. Has she seen other boys out and around in the world, like not hiding? Yeah. So not aware that there are some males that can go exactly. hatless. Was she in an all-girls school? Was she, she in an all-girls school? Good That's question. a really question. She's definitely, yeah, like sheltered in some way. So back oh at God. the ranch. Sorry, Alice. I have been searching for this since you mentioned it earlier on. Mini. Mini, the documentary. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, that is brilliant. If you haven't seen it, stop listening to us and go and watch that. It's on the BBC iPlayer. So meanwhile, Alice, remember her? Yeah. Alice, who was uh, having kind of outward sex with Aaron. You mean over the clothes sex? Over the clothes. Uh, Dry humping. Went on to have real sex with him, losing her virginity relatively pleasurably to Aaron. Okay? Okay. Uh, one day after a sleepover at, at Alice's house, Aaron said, will you get my phone out of my bag or something like that? So she trotted okay. off down to the bedroom and rummaging, rum, started rummaging around his bag. And what did she find? A big strap. A big fucking dildo. Ooh. A big pink dildo in the backpack. Oh right! So Very Alice was like, "What of Aaron to be like? Fuck? Go over there in close proximity to where my deepest, darkest secret." He got sloppy. Yeah, and so, grabbed oh, my phone. I hope that dildo wasn't sloppy. Oh god, the oh, whole thing is so grim. Knowing the age of sorry, everybody as well, it's still pre ten a.m. Sorry, so yeah, it's too, it's too early. She's not ready for a sloppy dildo. So Alice oh, was like, god. "What the fuck?" Right? She found the dildo in Aaron's bag, and was like, okay, this is terrible. What the fuck? Didn't confront him immediately. Right. Okay, switched to Jess, who had, remember Connor who was on the scene? Oh yeah, consoling yeah. Connor. So Connor's grand somebody had died. Oh, he needed somewhere to stay. He went, Jess invited him over. The grandmother was like, okay, fine. I see his grandmother's died. That must be very hard for him. He sits on the edge of the bed, not non-responsive to conversation. Right. The grandma's like, fine, okay, whatever. Uh, you can stay. You'd actually be you like, can stay the night. Who is this boy? Yeah. That no, night, show me your face. Yeah. That night, Connor raped Jess <gasps> by force. Okay. Oh my God. Disaster. So poor old Jess was. She said she described it through the documentary. She's like, I was consistently saying no, Aww. and they contacted the police the next day. Oh my God. Jesus. Oh and rightly so. So the police arrested Connor, inverted commas. From the house? Pro- no, Connor left very early the next morning, but they were able to find Connor and arrest him. He was kind of questioned. He was then, he was refusing Still to answer a question. Connor the next day. Yeah, they strip searched him. Yeah. And found him to in fact be Gemma. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. That's it. So then everything God, sort there's of. There's so many levels to that. Like start, yeah. yep. Being the predator, then preying on your friend. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So anyway, she's arrested and charged with sexual assault, kind of rape with a with an object. 
kind of and then the fucking media gets a hold of the story gets a hold of it it's out in the media because it's just so sensational but also horrendously fucked up yeah yeah so these girls Alice and Jess had these like year long beyond a year long relationship with Gemma and and these three boys who they had very real relationships with yeah and they were their first relationships too oh my god yeah and the attachment that you form yeah, at that age is totally intense. And I guess in a way, when you think about being that age and just sort of being a female as well, there's a lot of projecting there, I'm sure, happening too. Because you think, was Gemma this sort of evil mastermind that created these, you know, alter egos for her own sexual gratification? And you, yes, on one hand, but the mastermind element, you'd have to question that a bit, you know, because mm. I think as much as, do you remember 16. being a teenage girl? Not to remove any of the responsibility. They, they were absolutely sexually assaulted. But I think the idea that it was, there was some super smarts behind it is possibly not true. Oh, I don't think there's any smarts behind it because it's inevitable that it was going to, that she was going to be caught. Yeah. I, I think that it's, I think that Gemma is, there's something, I think there's a mental illness there. Sure. She she was diagnosed with a few things during, in the after the court had kind of process the case and you know it was part of her defense and but she sort of staged dumb and didn't kind of the judge commented on her sort of lack of empathy and she didn't really seem to react to anything that was happening and, and what age was Gemma at the time a year older than them so she oh, would right, have been okay. 17 I must get I'm not entirely sure but anyway she she ended up in prison I think she might be out by now or did I she think get... she was only set, she was only um, sentenced to 30 months so yeah Ooh. She mm. would be out. So Gosh. it's all together, but uh, a mad sort of story, isn't yeah. it? Only able to exist because of the internet. And also just the kind of intensity of teenage errs and that relationship at the time. But you see, they were going around with Aaron, Luke and Connor. Like they were at, they were going around. They were meeting Gemma dressed as these three guys were meeting parents they were meeting grandparents. It's amazing that like it's such a yeah. simple disguise. Yeah. Like. Was able to fool them. And like it, whatever about them not recognizing that it was Gemma. Like how did they not realize that Aaron and Connor were the same guy? Well, when. Sorry, I forgot a bit of the story. Sorry, this is when he was arrested. The Jess's rape took place. Uh, Aaron. Sorry, Connor fell asleep in the bed beside her. She was like, I'm going to take this fucking hat off this guy. And then she God. saw what she recognized as Aaron, which is what's interesting about it. Ah. When she removed the hat, she didn't see Gemma. She saw Aaron, her pal's boyfriend. Yes. So she contacted Alice and said, Aaron was in my bed last night. What the fuck is going on? Alice said to Jess, wait till I tell you about the dildo. Police <gasps> were called, blah, blah, blah. Ah. Sorry, that's the chain of events that happened there. But it's, it's wild, isn't it? It's completely wild. So they gave him, he, so she, Gemma, gave them addresses for these boys too. And uh, she gave them addresses in this really swanky part of town that's kind of closed off community. And they used to spend their nights waiting for the lads outside in the gr- kind of grassy knoll just yeah, outside the oh, gates. Yeah, I can like, picture this. Yeah, exactly oh that. God, yeah. Just like hanging around, oh waiting for God. them. Because all adolescence is, is kind of hanging around in various exactly, locations. Exactly, waiting like, for text, text back, reading yeah. between the lines, inventing this whole world the whole like drama of everyday life yeah. when you're a teenager Jesus do you remember yeah. like... so anyway that's the story of one one girl three hats and one dildo oh my god oh my god 
I mean, oh my god, it's so disturbing. Like, yeah, it's it was yeah. really blown out of it though in the media. Though. Oh, like, they, they, they made an absolute show of your like, pajamas. Real yeah. chat, like, Daily Mail pervert. You know, it's terrible because she was a young woman too. I mean. You know, not to, but she was yeah. a rapist. Ultimately, she was. was I think I read a follow-up um, interview with her. Yeah, let me just see it here. And please do tell. What do you got for us today, you lads? That was crazy. Thank Maybe you for that. Salacious. It's funny because I've been offered that documentary so many times, and I'm like, YouTube, stop knowing me so damn well, just and I've never watch watched it. it. Get it over with. It's brilliant. No way, that's perfect. That oh, yeah. is a beautiful telling of oh, no, you a gotta, harrowing tale. You gotta watch it. Assault. But the, the documentary was, is no way harrowing. It's weird. It's very like, uh, I, it's it's cognitive dissonance, you know, because you're there kind of like, there's so many victims in this, but it's also so bloody Hard to believe. Yeah. And yeah. Hard to believe that you could be that physically close to somebody. And again, Wanting, yeah, I know. All all I keep coming back to is, come on. The thing is, now, what I, and this is me probably projecting, but like when I was a teenager, I just wanted somebody so badly. Yeah, exactly. That I probably would have been like, jester hat, okay. Well, that's it, isn't it? Oh, I And Gemma know, knew enough just... not to talk, say very little. I know. You know, keep turning away. I needed more self-esteem when I was a teenager. Yeah. And I think maybe all teenagers do. That probably is what exactly what leads to, you know, all every of... bad thing that happens to you in a Mess. teenager. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's not an issue with Gemma Barker. I did read a follow-up interview with a woman called Gail Newland, who was convicted of sexually assaulting a female friend while disguised as a man. So a very similar case, but we'll get into that another, another time. time. Another time. What, Cass, what do you have? Um, I have a few things... To get uh, off your tits. Yeah, have a few little small little bits. We don't have a hive today because we're doing our live show this Thursday, the 27th of oh, August. Oh, yes, we are in a few days. So awesome. I said, accidentally said September the last time and there was uproar. <laughs> it's a Sunday, apparently. It's not oh, really? possible that the live would be on a Sunday. Okay. <laughs> Thursday it is. Thursday is coming Thursday. So um, I have a few little bits that are interesting this week. Also, quick thank you to the glasses maker, greatgifts.ie. Great gift study. Thank you for our, our, yeah, so she said, she or he, I don't know who I was talking to. She, I think. She was um, saying like somebody, Baran saying we'd like to buy one, but you can buy them from her. She ah. said she'd do, she'd do a run of the creep dive stuff. So oh, yeah, so if you want to get a creep dive glass in just in time for, well, actually this is going to go out tomorrow. Just you in time for Christmas. Time. No, never mind. <laughs> doesn't matter. Just, just in time for the live. Just, it's not going to, like, if only you could hear me now, it's Monday morning, you could order it today, but I'm going to hold on to this audio till tomorrow. Um, so I uh, got a really interesting one in, but I don't know if we have enough time to tell it, so I might hold on to this no, one. Why not? Basically, um, a bank, a robber who, Elmer McCurdy, McCurdy, okay, who was this famous bank robber in the early 1900s, and when he died, nobody claimed his body. And what happened to his body afterwards oh, this is, is good. fascinating. Yeah, I remember coming across this during the... Oh, I've never heard this. Paper never heard this story. No, no, paper and cum episode. Um, but I want to first talk about lemmings. Lemmings? Lemmings yes. exist. Lemmings exist. Do you remember They're, that... Uh, that, that sh- the game... The game. The PC game. Lemmings. Yeah, yeah. they like they look like guinea pigs. 
but they're like wild little rodents, right? So I was reading the book that we're supposed to be reading for book club. I was on page two when I came across I finished fun. it. <laughs> yeah, so Nerd. I'm on page eight now because I stopped reading yesterday. It's so hateable. But in a good way? Yeah, I, it kept me. It's called The Motion of the Body Through Space, if anyone wants to read it, by Lionel Shriver. And it's horrible. But at the same time, I just kind of hate it. Yeah, Esther was in here and said she she just flew through it. She flew loved through it. it. Um, so I recommended it because I bought it weeks book, ago and I haven't. Not a it's not a creep, creep type book. book club. It's a we have lives outside of the creep and we try and do normal things like a grown up book club. <laughs> um, but it was on page two. <laughs> she was talking about lemmings. And the whole thing with lemmings is that like, they're so dumb they just follow each, each other, other and they're like cliff. they yeah. follow each other off a cliff and in the book she Lionel Shriver writes um, the people who made the Lemmings documentary basically fucked them off a cliff and and it was all changed the whole thing yeah. and I was like that's a weird le- thing to put in a book if it's not true so then I looked it up and sure enough in the 50s there was a documentary made by Disney called White Wilderness in which in 1958, in which they um, it was like a wildlife documentary and they were filming all these animals in the wild. And they proposed the idea that lemmings are kind of uh, compelled to commit mass suicide and that they fling themselves off cliffs and into the sea. And they had this footage really disturbing footage of lemmings jumping, <laughs> of lemmings off. jumping off a cliff and going into the sea and the narrator is like and instead go? of finding land they're actually swimming further into the sea <laughs> towards oh. their own demise demise like it's Poor just lemmings. Ca- so lemmings can swim so lemmings can swim i'd say they float they're only tiny they're really cute little things um how small are they Kat? they're like a guinea pig. Okay. Which it comes Here we go again. But a short haired guinea pig. <laughs> so hang on a second. This documentary was all about lemmings? So no, this documentary was uh, called White Wilderness and it was all about different stuff. So basically the award winning true life adventure nature documentary about wildlife in the snowy northern portions of the North American continent. Um, but scenes shown in the documentary were actually staged by filmmakers in order to replicate supposed real life behavior of lemmings that could not be captured on film mm. and this thus disney perpetuated no, for generations disney. the legend of periodic unexplicable mass suicides by lemmings who die by hurling themselves off cliffs so <laughs> the narration never was the case it's not the case right Fucking the narration disney. in the film accompanying the lemming scenes begins as follows it is said of this time i'm gonna do it in my narrator voice okay <clears throat> It is said of this tiny animal that it commits mass suicide by rushing into the sea in droves. The story is one of the persistent tales of the Arctic. As often happens in man's nature lore, it is a story both true and false, (laughs) as we shall see in a moment. No, entirely false. Entirely false, guys. (laughs) Okay, Cass, have you had that voice your whole existence on the creep dive and you've just been choosing not to use it? I use that for my commercial work. So, um, (laughs) excuse me. You may recognize me from Welcome to the Irish Life Podcast. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> there you go. That is That's so what I do when crazy. you guys aren't here. <laughs> I can't believe you've been depriving us. You've just been giving us your shit voice. I can't. You, you had that good what? one no, the whole time. That's so funny because I had an idea in my head of what that Irish Life person looked like. Oh, I hope there's no crossover. <laughs> there's none. There's not. Um, 
So what the audience then sees is what happens to be a horde of lemmings entering the Arctic Sea by jumping off cliffs, cliffs and scampering across rock-covered beaches to enter the water from the shore, whereupon they swim out to the sea, as we're told by the narrator, to eventually drown. Um, not just because they're simply committing suicide, but because they've supposedly mistaken the vast expanse of the Arctic Sea for a lake and assumed they'd be able to get over the other side. Okay. So they're so dumb. They're swimming out to sea thinking that they're going to get to the other side. Right. So poor lemmings have been tarnished with this reputation of being incredibly dumb. That's right. Yeah. So um, the narrator then suggests that the behavior is an unreasoning compulsion that they like just insist on going forward and killing Following each other. Right. So it's a kind of compulsion that seizes each tiny rodent and carried along by an unreasoning hysteria. Each falls into step for a march that will take them to a strange destiny. The destiny is to jump into the ocean. They become victims of an obsession, a one-track thought. Move on, move on. This is the last chance to turn back, yet over they go, casting themselves out bodily into space and so acted out as the legend of mass suicide. So, none of what was shown in the film was realistic lemming behavior. What? (laughs) Disney's White Wilderness was actually filmed in the Canadian province of Alberta, which is not a native habitat for lemmings and is landlocked with no outlet to the sea. So the filmmakers had to actually import lemmings to Alberta to use in the documentary, reportedly by purchasing them from Inuit children who caught them in other provinces. And through the use of carefully controlled camera angles and tight editing, the filmmakers made no more than a few dozen lemmings look like a much larger mass. They place them, lie. place them on turntables to create frenzied oh migration effect, God. and then herded them off a cliff <laughs> and into the water. <laughs> just herded, herded them on, off guys. a cliff, which wasn't even go. wasn't even the Arctic Sea. It was the Bow River. So they're filming all these lemmings floating and swimming in a river, being like, "And look at them off into the Arctic and off Sea, they go. where so, they go uh, in a convulsion." There must have been like a pre-belief about lemmings or something. I have no idea where there was somebody in a room trying to pitch this documentary and they were like, you won't believe what lemmings do. But this is essentially, they were losing. Basically, they sold the whole idea, got greenlit all on the basis of this lemon suicide pact and they just had to make it work. Yeah, so I think... table. Confusing them. And then just hurting them all. You know, and you kind of just like buy into it because it's just, it is a kind of like, one of those classic 50s films where it's like that intense music and like all this frenzied movement of like a really close and up. And so you've watched it. Oh, so I watched the clip with the lemmings. I found it quite disturbing, especially <laughs> no. knowing that they're just being just lemming pushed off the cliff instead of I like, like how as well they stole them all from children. Yeah. Before bought them, purchased oh. them. Oh sure God. they fucking did. So lemming trafficking is actually the issue here. Lemon. Le- lemming. It's impossible lemming. to remember that word. But like the whole lemmings, it's the premise. This documentary is probably the premise of the game. The lemmings that used to of play. Yes. Where they all follow each other. Um, so what happened was nine different photographers spent three years shooting and assembling footage for the various segments that compromised white wilderness. And it's not known whether Walt Disney himself approved of the content um, or whether he was aware of the activities of James or Simon, the principal photographer for the film mm-hmm. for the Lemming sequence. So uh, they kind of said that the nature documentary is just notoriously difficult to film. Very boring. They didn't have the technology at the time. No. And they're incredibly boring. You're, you're, you're setting up cameras and you're assuming that like 
these um waiting for something to yeah happen. and like you run out of film and like yeah it's so anyway so there was, yeah, yeah there was a lot of staged events to capture the exciting footage and for audiences I'd say there's been a lot of staged events through but, a lot of nature yeah and, and like I'm sure with I'm sure with a couple of things they're like thrown in a slab of meat to yeah. a lion and like trying to get them all riled up apparently in the safaris they like um give the lions loads of drugs and like when you're driving through a safari <gasps> that they're like doing nine or ten kills but like a lion should only be really doing like one every two days or oh, so on amphetamine Jesus. they're just like high as fuck lions but you know yeah. that would be an appetite suppressant yeah. maybe they're giving them something to like rev up the appetite maybe it's just like pure um, like a lanzapin just a rage yeah or maybe it's just loads of caffeine <laughs> yeah or maybe yeah, they just made them really angry they put them aside and they're like yeah. you're really shit like, fuck you, you lion you are, what are you a you're tiger you're only a lemming you're just yeah. a cat with some extra fur. Um, with they some just great get hair. Yeah, they just get them. <laughs> you're just a cat with a perm. Um, so they've got them all psyched up. But anyway, apparently the lemmings, this is just entire fabrication. Um, they do not hurl themselves off cliffs into the sea. Um, they do not. There's nothing to do with like some people try to explain away that it's the way that they kind of uh, maintain their population. Not true. Um, they... Of By course, selecting to die. There's just too much of us here, lads. Yeah, I'm going yeah. To, um, I'll take myself out. Yeah, and like any any sort of instance where they have this idea of like suicide is where like maybe small packs have accidentally ventured into places that they're unfamiliar with, um, and have have become trapped or whatever. But the Alaska Department of Fish and Game noted in one article that. Um, Disney had to have gotten the idea from somewhere, said Thomas McDonough, uh, a wildlife biologist. They likely confused dispersal with migration, he added, and embellished a kernel of truth. So lemming populations fluctuate enormously based on predators, food, climate and other factors. Under ideal conditions in a single year, a population of voles can increase by a factor of 10. When they've exhausted the local food supply, they disperse, as do moose, beaver, and other huh. many other animals. Stuff you should so, know. Lemmings can swim and will cross bodies of water in their quest for greener pastures. Sometimes they drown. Dispersal and accidental death is a far cry from an instinctive, deliberate mass suicide. In my mind, I was like, what's accidental death? <laughs> it's something <laughs> to do with teeth. An axe? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what people are seeing and what, what the likely thing came from is the idea of mass dispersal so it's just hmm. animals moving in large packs they can in fact swim so if they're diving off cliffs and going to the water it is generally because it's a lake or a river and they know they're going to get to the other side not as Disney proffered That's an excuse to swim Delaney. into the Arctic Ocean in and defense of yes, keep, another dark keep going over the waves dark history. time in Disney by the, the way Arctic. please can you somebody do the Disney cruise Creep. Oh yeah, I know that one pretty it. well. I could probably do it off the top of my head. Do you want right to do it now. right now? No, it's grand. I'll do it though. Do what do you have for it? Thank you, Cassie. That Amazing. Was Thanks for clearing that up. Never again will we. Bad mouth the lemmings. Yeah. No, Fuck they're, Disney. They're, they're doing their own thing, and we. But isn't it amazing how something so small becomes? such a part of like cultural yeah like totally. I just believed that to be fact all my life that lemmings will follow each other to their own demise that they are so stupid mm. when in actual fact lemmings are pretty cool well I wouldn't go that far <laughs> I'm going to give you a picture of a lemming yeah I really want to see one it's so not what I'm thinking it is 
it's small hamster. I'm just picturing hamster? like a lemon with legs. <laughs> I don't know why they've, like, they've merged Yeah, I pictured them with like lots of colored little tufts of hair and was like, no, video game, real life. <laughs> We're in the video game, Cassie. Give us some murder. Uh, I, I, I don't have, well... I mean, I could just do a random thing off the top of my head or I could do what I brought to us, which Please. was actually idiots just following um, Lemmings? following each other into their um, potential demise. Um, really? Yeah. Have you ever heard of the race that eats its young? No. What? Um, <laughs> and a theme emerges. Hey, let's look have a look. at this little lemming. Oh, listen. Oh. They're cute. Like I would say <sighs> rat, rat hair, like a tailless rat. It's like rat. a tailless, but like, it's a tailless rat, but less pointy. They're more round, but they do have those scary kind of rat teeth. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at it there. Amazing. Teeth that never stop growing. So if they don't file them down, they just grow into their skulls. Bottom teeth only. <laughs> it's true. Just like your wisdom teeth, according to one dentist I visited. Very that never dentist. it's suggesting they never stop growing <laughs> one dentist told me that if I didn't immediately remove my wisdom teeth they would keep growing and pop out of my cheeks and I was like I don't know not sure I've never know. heard of that before why is that happening to more people all around me all yeah. the time that would have been in chat <laughs> magazine something just on your oh no I see it's a tooth growing out of your face <laughs> nothing to see here nothing to see here my son's teeth have grown in tandem. Like, it's kind of, I don't know whether it's something I need to act or not. What do you mean grown in tandem? Like, you know, um, his bottom teeth, the front two at the bottom, yeah. the ones that are coming up behind have literally grown fully behind. He has now uh, four bottom yeah, teeth. Yeah, yeah. Are they That's his? terrifying. I wonder what that is. That's absolutely terrifying. Is it, Listen, yeah, peg tooth. Is it something you I should be I just don't know. No, they'll oh, fall does out, that mean so? The his... one's fallen out, but like they're all, it's just, you know. Oh, sorry, Rufus. Yeah. The eldest. Oh, that's yeah. totally normal. Okay, is it? Totally. Grand. I'm looking at it. Going I thought like... you were talking about the baby. And I was like, Jesus, oh, that's oh, a strange. <laughs> Maybe you should be actioning that. Oh, no, the baby's still uh, toothless. Toothless, yeah. Um, so, ooh, oh, hello. hello. Sorry. <laughs> I'll just turn that off. Um, okay, so, yeah, the, the race that eats its young is. Um, this was recommended to me by a creep listener, Lisa Cohen. Thank you very much, Lisa. And um, she's also my unofficial running trainer. And uh, Lisa Cohen, long time listener. Long time listener. She's given us some great ones over yeah. the years. Over the years. Yeah, Two that's years? funny. Yeah, someone was t- uh, someone left a voice here about they were listening to it back in September of last year. And I was like, fucking hell. How long have we been going? Uh, since January years. 2018. Oh. No, January 2019. Oh, yeah, it's two years this December because I think we had started recording in December before we unleashed. Two years. Um, so anyway, uh, so the Barkley Marathons is um, known as the, the race that eats its young. And so it's one of the most famous ultra uh, ultra races, ultra running. Running in the race. world. Yeah, okay. so it's called the Bar- Barkley Marathons because it's essentially five marathon distances. Oh, these people. Stuck together. These absolute exercise fucking bores <laughs> that are going are you going to tell us about them yeah well like I think that this is a nice a good one because it kind of like bucks the tr- sort of uh, stereotype okay because these this race is just it's so like uh, just wild as fuck and like it's definitely not in any way like you know the kind triathlon. of triathlon no it's not in any way like the big organized behemoth kind of running events. Okay. It's really like DIY, real kind of messy. indie, real messy. So it was started in um, the 80s by a guy called Lazarus Lake. 
Oh, really? Was that his name? <laughs> okay, his name is Gary Cantrell. <laughs> but his nickname, Lazarus Lake, is way better. And everyone just calls him Laz anyway, for short. And he was an ultra runner himself. Um, and he'd run all over the world, basically. And like, he's ultra real... runner. Yeah, but he's real kind of like... He's not like up at 4am doing the weights to then embark on his 50k run. Like he's there like just smoking and that's always cool. And um, just real kind of um, just like a wild man of the woods sort of. And so he invented the Bartley Marathons and um, he named it after his friend Barry Bartley who is like a bit of a running companion of his. And um, he devised it initially he was inspired by the story of James Earl Ray, who was the man who murdered Martin Luther King. That's right. Jr. Yeah. And so in inspired the late... by him. No, not inspired, but um, inspired by the oh, story sorry. of him trying to escape um, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. Penitentiary. So it's all in Tennessee where we are. Okay. And there's a big prison out in the wilderness in Tennessee. And in the late 70s, um, James Earl Ray, the um, absolute arsehole who assassinated Martin Luther King, tried to escape. And he was missing in the woods for 55 hours. He was just running for 55 hours straight trying to get away from the prison and only covered eight miles. Ooh, was he? <laughs> it's hard to know if you're going in one direction. Well, Do you know. I think like avoiding things you could actually just be going in a very large well exactly and it's just basically like unforgiving terrain okay and um, apparently Laz when he heard this was like could do at least a hundred miles in In that time in a day or two days and thus the Barclay Marathons were born so he um, did the first run in, in 1986 no one completed it for 10 years what do you mean it was just Mental on the absolute outer limits of human potential because what of the terrain could be achieved. Yeah, so tell you a bit about it. Yeah, I? but he, you were going to ask me something there. I sorry. was going to. I was going to say, do you know how he got out of pr- jail? James Earl Ray. Yeah. No. Do you know? No. But I. Oh, think, right. <laughs> sorry, I'm just interested. But also, so did he? Must have done the run, Laz. Yeah, he did so it Laz himself, and nobody it. else. Could complete it. No, or no, no, Laz no, no. Laz hasn't done. Laz hasn't did. It. So he just invent like he just, he just drew a line this on a thing, map. and he was like, "I'm gonna make a race that is so out on the outer edge of what humans are capable of, and I'm just gonna put it on and like fuck it, come and try and do it, do it." Laz, but like, that's like me, like right. The, the conditions are: you have to run 72k in 25 minutes. <laughs> exactly. And- and it's that's entirely uphill. And, and it's do it race, and it's 200 euro to enter. Yeah. Okay, well, it is, um, it's just $1.60 to enter. <laughs> really? Yeah. But, and, was, but what year are we in? Um, well, it started in 1986, but he's never increased the price. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Good man, lads. He's just his own buzz. Do you know the way? Yeah. Like, uh, so he has, like, he's done the course insofar as he sets the course, and the course changes from year to year, even mm-hmm. though it's all in this same frozen head state park and um, so he does the course but he doesn't he hasn't done the the five consecutive hundred milers which is what which is what is course is required exactly so he's done like the loop but he hasn't done the course and i think his general attitude when everyone anyone brings up that he hasn't done the course he's just like neither of you bitch yeah and like <laughs> just 
Who yeah. cares? Yeah. I'm Lazarus no. Lake. <laughs> and he has he has been in his time an impressive ultra runner himself. So like, you know, uh, he does have the chops. Give us that but he course. also just doesn't give a shit about anything. So, okay. The loop begins and ends at the same place. Obviously, that's a loop. <laughs> <laughs> at this yellow kind of gate up into a trail. Okay. And like some of the loop is on a track, but it's a, like it's a minuscule percentage of okay. the, the, the loop. The rest of it is just through brush and woods. And it's... Is it demarked out? I mean, are you following... So you're given when you so okay actually I'll dial back to how you register. Okay. No one knows. It's not public knowledge how to register. Okay. okay. So if you want to do this course, you have to um you have to contact somebody who's already done it and kind of beg them what? to sort of tell you what day of the year to try and uh, contact um Lazarus uh, lake to register so there's a certain day of the year where you email an unknown email and um this is ridiculous Absolutely petition to enter ridiculous. okay and so like there could be like maybe a thousand people have managed to um to get this day and the email address and then of that thousand only like 40 will be chosen to enter okay, okay? so the entry it's completely secret and it's impossible. I was on a line for ages trying to find any kind of trail to like find out where you could enter. And what the best I could do was that this guy called Matt Mahoney, who's Aussie, I believe, um, and took part but hasn't completed uh, the Barclay, um, has done a frequently asked question on Reddit on or on his own website. But it's actually like the most unhelpful fucking frequently asked questions things I've ever read. How do I enter the Barclay? The entry procedure is secret. There is no official website. This is not the website. And this is not the website. So he has links to things. Um, The race is not listed on any calendar. You have to email the race director on a certain day of the year. The race will fill up on that day. In 2010, there was about 200 entries and 35 were accepted. Who is the race director? What is the email address? What day? You have to ask someone who has run it before. Not me, in brackets. Uh, Where can I get an entry form? You will receive one after your entry is accepted. What is the entry fee? So for first timers or virgins, as they're known in the uh, Barclay Marathons, it's 160. And you have to bring a license plate from your home state or country and bring it to Lazarus Lake. A car license plate? Yeah. Okay. And um, you also have to write an essay why I should be allowed to run the Barclay. Is, is Lazarus making a collage wall? He has a big, uh, yeah, he's got all the uh, uh, license plates hung up, yes, on display. <laughs> and it's cool because there's like Egypt and there's Ireland. No way. Uh, yeah, there's a runner called Owen Keith, uh, who uh, I'll tell you about in a minute because uh, he had a fair whack at it. Okay. Didn't complete. But got to the stage but at which he was able to enter. actually running it, yes. Um, in the essay, Why I Should Be Allowed to Run the Barclay, like I read in another um, account of somebody who's done it that like they give you things that you should include your thoughts on, like you include your thoughts on ducks and veganism and uh you know like it's just so arbitrary it's just purely for laz and his friends amusement basically um what day will the race be held you'll be told after your entry is selected uh what hour will it start 
So this is really annoying. So say you've fought, you've done your essay and you've been mm-hmm. accepted and you've traveled to Frozen Head State, yeah, uh, Forest Park, and you're camped up. Everyone's in camping and in vans and stuff like that. Okay, it's not like it, there's no fucking comfort at any point in this process. And then no, ambu- it, it, is it even sort of you know the way they have the ambulance supported, people? No, no, no. Okay. There is just like Ch- chaos and it, nothing. It's just nothing. The help is not coming. They pick themes every year, and one year the theme was just help is not coming. And okay. it, like, it's literally like if you're stupid enough to do this, then go and do it and stop complaining. It's Lazarus looks like a high Santa Claus. Let's have a look. He is, yeah, like, he's high Santa, high he just, ultra running Santa. He's taking the piss. Like his yeah. his, <laughs> his hat says geezer. He's smoking in every picture. He looks like he's never run a day in his life. I, I know, know he has, doesn't he? But like, he just isn't it mad. Like um, if Dick Strawbridge and Santa Claus had a dirty, yes. rotten child, this is Every what it would pick be. Every pig, just sparking up like. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, when you get there, right, they have an appointed day that the race is going to start. Um, but he can start it any time in the 12 preceding hours. So there's basically a 12 hour window where you know the race is going to start somewhere in this 12 hours. Okay. Um, but you're not like... You're not told. Right. So it could be midnight. It could be one minute past midnight or it could be one minute to noon the next day. So you day. just have to hang so around. you have to hang out and be vaguely ready until he blows a conch shell. Get the fuck out of it. To really? start the race. That's well, no, that's to give an hour warning. Sorry. Okay, that's fair. So he blows the conch and you know you have an hour from when the conch is blown. And then... Eat a load of pasta. Everyone... Uh, yeah, quick fucking carb Carbon. load, but not too much because you don't want to get a stitch. I don't know. It's very hard ultra running. I don't know how they eat and run because I find it quite hard. Okay, what is ultra running? So ultra like running, running is just great from... distances. It's like 100 milers, basically. 100, 100 miles. miles. In a day? No. Yeah, well. Yeah. 160 kilometers. Yeah. In a day. 130 or 160, yeah. And just your feet, like no rollerblades or anything. No rollerblades. That's four marathons. Well, no, no, no. I Hang on now. I'll get to the okay, track. Get, you can get to yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I have said the wrong thing. There. Don't worry. But no, uh, ultra running though is like multiple day races where you might run for yes, like the Tour hours de France straight. vibes. You're doing no, because the Tour de France they sleep like they sleep Sorry. every so night. So you They're don't sleep. No, this guy, this race you well you can time your sleeping and you can try for sleeping. Lots of different people do different approaches, but you have like. Why the fuck would people do this? I'm sorry, great respect, all about the elite athleticism or whatever. But like, why on earth would you go running? But you running see, I think in, the elites yeah, seem this boring. Is different. This but chaotic this seems thing fucking I'm fun. attracted to yeah. too. Oh yeah. So anyway, um, once the conch is blown, you've got an hour to get your shit together, and then everyone gathers around this big yellow gate, and it's, it's usually forty or so starters. And uh, they know the race has begun once Laz lights a cigarette. Get the fuck out of here. He's fucking cool, isn't That's he? That's absolutely gas. I want to be like Laz and just set a lot of you balance off into ultra the Ultra podcasting. <laughs> I'm going to talk shite for 60 hours. Run around <laughs> exactly. me. Yeah, Joe it's completely Rogan. that. I'm on board. Um, talk shite for 60 hours. And you're just going to listen. Because it's my fucking party in the woods. I keep touching this. And it cost one sixty to do it. One dollar sixty. Also, some years he'll like stipulate other kind of fees. Like if he needs socks, he'll be like, "Will you bring me some socks as well?" It's not optional. Oh but my like, god! One year man. the fee was one dollar sixty and flannel shirt. 
So he got like 40 flannel shirts that year. And Perfect. then the next year he was like, okay, I'm Enough done with the flannel shirts. shirts. I actually need some white shirts now. Um, so This is mad looking. <laughs> Are you just Googling for I'm just on pictures of the Barkley Marathon. So tell me this now. Is Laz living close by to the Yellow Gate? Uh, yeah, he lives in the state. Okay. I don't know whether... He, I doubt he lives on the, the grounds because it's a, it's a protected area. Okay, so it's public property. Yeah. Um, so... Um, when you are um, alerted to the fact that you are accepted to run, you receive a letter of condolence <laughs> from Laz. Addressed, dear idiot. <laughs> um, then other finishers, like anyone who's finished and comes to run again, and unbelievably this happens, um, but very rarely, um, you have to give him smokes as a part of your registration fee. If you're a reapplier. Yeah. And then if there's always one person um, who he chooses among all the entrants, the one person he feels is least likely to complete one lo- loop. Okay. And uh, they are given the race number bib, the race bib number one, and they're referred to as the human sacrifice. That's fucking It's jazz, fucking it? really sadistic, isn't it? I like, so they'd often try and like in their essays be stating their case and being like, I've run this race and this race and this race. I'm the finisher of this race, this race and this is race. Is this to sort of say I'm very so unlikely to he, die? I mean, is it that extreme? That you could die. No one has ever died. Uh-huh. But like people have oh, vicious injuries, hypothermia. Like I'm amazed no one's died yet. Genuinely. Okay, so we talk about the course for a minute, right? Yes. It's, right. It's an unmarked loop. And what he does is he gives you the map of the course that he's made. Um, there's one copy of this map and it's available in the camp for like the day before the race. So all the racers have to like Memorize. have a look at this map and try and like copy it onto their own maps. Or photograph it. Uh, no, no device is allowed. He takes everyone's devices and he gives them a shitty old watch so that they can, because there's a time limit of 60 hours to complete the Barkley Marathons. And so everyone's on the same shitty watch. And that's the only reference point you have virtually. And you're allowed a compass. So you've got a map, a compass and a shitty watch, right? And um, so they, the 60 mile... Okay, so hang on. Let me get the full... Do you think, Sophie, people don't team up here either? Sure they don't. Okay, so the... the oh, they do. They do. They can team up in the first few la- loops. How many and loops And kind of work together. Five. So there's five loops, right? Not the same loop five times. It, no, they do the same loop five times, run once clockwise, once clockwise again, then they change direction, do two anti-clockwise, and then the last one... Whoever's in first gets to choose which way he wants to go and the other person goes the opposite way. But like you'd rare you'd many years nobody gets to the last loop. Like at all. No no finishers. In the whole history of the race, there's only been 15 finishers who've done it. Okay, but and if, if we're talking about a loop, people going anti certainly they're passing each other yeah. constantly. Yeah. So it's just chaotic backwards and forwards but run, it's so running. spread out I see I mean they're passing each other but they're there's on there's not a track so I guess they're no what they have to, do, to prove that you've done the loop is that he it's so fucking hilariously shit he basically you're navigating it yourself and then he has put books 
marked down along the route at different points. Okay. And there's kind of instructions on how to find the books. So you're trying to find a book so in a you're forest. Doing a fucking quiz. Sometimes Genius. in the middle of the night, because you're running through the night. <laughs> and when you find the book, you have to tear out the page that corresponds to your bib number. Gotcha. So that when you complete a loop, you come back in with 13 pages and you stand at waiting and Laz counts out the 13 pages to make sure that you hit every single Slender man. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got there's an estimated fifty-four thousand feet of vertical climb. What? Over the hundred mile run. Holy shiz bag. So that's so I'm sorry, I know it's confusing, but basically the loops are how many uh the full course, which is five loops, is a hundred miles. Okay. And you have to complete it within sixty hours. Okay. Of starting, right? So the individual loops are about uh, 20, 20 miles. miles. But also all of these distances are just estimated. Like and odds. everyone says that it's way longer. It actually is way longer. But, but if you tried to be like, excuse me, but it actually is at least 26 miles per loop, Laz will just be like, fuck off, I think. I don't know. So over the whole course, it's an accumulated 54,000 feet of, of, um, climb. of climb, which is equivalent to... Climbing Everest from sea level, going up what? and down, and up and down again. So it's impossible. It's climbing it's Everest twice. twice. There's no human that could do that. There are over humans the who can and have done it. Over the course of 60 days. Over the course of 60 hours. 60 hours going up and down Everest twice. People have done that. People had do it, but it's, yeah, it's Whilst intense. running around in a loop and doing the other and stuff. the book quiz. So the, the loop has been completed by 15 <laughs> You're really people. focused on that. I just think it's so fucking annoying. You're like, okay, now do a hangman quiz. And you're like, yeah. oh, for fuck's sake. No, no. Do, do, oh, here, I'll give you a little taste of like, because you get some directions from Laz. I'll give you a little taste of directions. Okay. This is what Laz thinks is a direction. I have good news. And I have bad news. Problem is, I'm not sure which is which. Good or bad, the bad thing is in. If I can't do it myself, I wouldn't make you do it. Good or bad, one stretch of 0.88 miles, so that's like less than a mile, took me two hours. And it only climbed 1,600 feet. Good or bad, the young fast guy did that 0.88 miles in just 45 minutes. So it must not be too bad. Oh my God. So this is a stretch of the race that he's decided to include in. You know, it's like, you know, if you really need an answer about something from somebody and there's a time constraint, you're like, look, I need to get, can you just tell me where this building is within the next 10? And then you you stop a mad person, a madman on the street. A madman. And he's had about 40 pints. And you're like, oh, it's funny you should ask that now because that takes me back to a May, May of 1983. And you're like, no, just answer my question. No, completely. The whole course has like some brilliantly, there's just parts of it with different names. There's one part called Big Hell. And there's another part called Testicle Spectacle. (laughs) There's another part called the Rat Jaw, which is a part that is shown a lot in the documentaries. And it's like, do you ever, um, it's like a clearing that is a really steep uh, slope and it's just covered in thorn bushes. And they come up out of rat jaw. Anyone who's wearing short pants. Shagged. Shagged. Absolutely shagged. Um, there's, yeah, it's just, it's just hell. Like, I mean, basically most of them drop out in the first loop. Um, the cutoff time is 60 hours. There was one guy who went out, covered two miles 
of the course and then became lost for 32 hours. Oh my God. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah. There's one um, part of the race that goes under the old penitentiary. So the prison is long out of use and it's under really it. freaky. And what they have is under the prison, there is um, a sort of service trunk, door, a tunnel yeah. that has a river in it. And you have to fucking race through that river. And like if it's high rain, sorry, if it's raining hard, it's high water. And there's nobody's gone ahead of you to make sure it's set. Like there's no, no there's no, you've got a headlamp. You're right. trying to keep your energy snack dry and you're fording a river. And a seven up swatch. And you've got like a watch. fucking Casio watch. And um, like the thing is, it's so fucking grueling because I was thinking about it, like even running, like if my trainers get, like I hate running in rain because when your trainers get wet, you start rubbing. You start rubbing. Yeah. Oh, no. and it's vicious. So you're just fucking running through a river at points of this, you know? Um, a French runner got hypothermic in that river and was alone and trying to make his own. He had to make his own way out. You just have to rescue yourself, basically. He also, Laz picks books that have like titles kind of pertinent to the scenario that you're in. Oh, so yes, like yes. one book uh, that I saw was called where did I go wrong? Oh, you know, it's just shit like that. Just constant just taunting. It's trolling. just constant taunting. And are you. the people who tend to sign up, are they super ultra runner specialists? Yeah. That he then trolls through the, is that sort yeah. of his kick? He's like, yeah. fuck you triathlon loser. That's yeah, it. Yeah, as he smokes and takes in his money and his flannel shirts, he's like, yeah. off you go. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. I know, whenever they come in with all their pages, it just looks like, um, Hilarious, like uh, he's just leaning on his little gatepost, counting out the pages, bored, fag hanging out of the mouth. Um, so sorry, uh, I'm nearly finished this. No, uh, no, take your time. Sorry, I, I had an enormous amount of piss just came out of me. Now <laughs> you're just frightened by the volume. You're like, wow, I really did need to go. So, um, Jesus, where were we there now? So uh, Laz is at he's each just, loop. Yeah. He's they're getting, they're seeing Laz every few hours, in other words. Well, every, every 12 hours, hours or so. 12 hours, Jesus. Well, that's it, you see, because like 5.12 is the 60. So you basically do have a sort of a time limit of trying to get each, each, each 20 mile I lap done in 12 I just can't get hours. over the fact that no one's going after the lost people. Oh, yeah. No, they're just like... No one's keeping track. And I'm presuming you're signing a waiver so that Laz is in response. He's like, this is... Apparently, is. everyone in the history of it has gotten back under their own steam, even when injured. So, for example, Owen Keith, who's the Irish ultra runner, yes. who ran it in, I believe it was 2017 or 2018. Um, and he broke his collarbone out in the wilderness. That's painful, I'd say. Fucking hell. Um, he... Uh, like made a really good stab at it and then just took a spill when he was looking for a book and literally they've got head torches and they're looking for the books in the dead of night in a wood driving rain in the woods and you do kind of team up a little bit sometimes and he said I listened to a brilliant interview with him where he was like you're out there with the absolute best like you're out there with like just well, winners it. and they're, and they're so competitive he, he they're said, not going to help each other no no they do oh, they do they do because there's, it's in their interest to get through the fourth four loops okay it's only on the last loop that then you're like okay now actually i'm getting the head down and i see we go our separate ways but he was like you're out there with the absolute winners and they're all fucking 
absolutely groveling this race like they're just eating shit and they just can't and every time somebody comes back in having bowed out they have a bugle player who plays taps do you know what taps is no it's um what's a bugle it's a kind of a horn French horn and it's basically like um, the music that they play in um, state funerals in the states when it, when they're like I've had enough I'm going home uh, well like it's a solemn you know salute to the dead here it is <laughs> imagine you've just bowed out of Broken collarbone. But like, yeah. you've Shredded just, you've legs. Just, you've, you've bowed out of this ridiculous race, but you've actually just run like several marathons. Yeah. And you like, get this shit. You get this shit fucking in your face. Like I saw men crying. Disrespect. Like when they were bowing out. Women do it. Um, there's far less women and we haven't had a woman finisher yet. If you finish three yeah. loops, it's called, <laughs> sorry, um, it's called a fun run. <laughs> I if mean, you that finish is three, three loops, loops. They call it so if you finish 60 miles of just raw wilderness. I thought no one had ever finished Sorry, it. as an aside, I work, a, a friend of ours, Alice Murray, she's a journalist. She was running the Dublin Marathon a couple of years ago and we worked together in another place and we did a little fundraiser for her. And one of the guys donated two euro and said, best of luck with your fun run. Oh, we wow. were like, wow. excuse Harsh. me, sir. Harsh. It is the Dublin City Marathon that she is running. And she did it well. And he Fair was just, he was like a oh, silly little woman now coming over here. Fun, fun run. run. And what had he done? Absolutely. Donated two euro to her sake. fun run. I mean, it's no fucking joke running. Like I'm working on distance at the moment and it's fucking hard work. Mm. Um, OK, so they play taps whenever anyone drops out. So you've just fucking, as you said, run 60 miles and you get that bullshit. Um they there's one uh, like professional ultra runners come to do it there's one guy famously called Gary Robbins who stars in a documentary called Where Dreams Go to Die which is very funny and it's very good because it's a real proper uh, his viewpoint now they weren't allowed to film a lot on the track or anything but like it shows his training and things like that and his training is lunacy him like running up and down one snowy mountain through the night for like 12 hours straight was like, you know, his fairly average training day. Training day. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's kind of the Barkley. It's been completed by 15 different people, one of whom has done it three times. A guy called Jared Campbell. I'd say you and get better at it. Well, yeah, yeah. Lots of people come back and having failed the previous year and they'll come back and make it. And um, there's a guy called John Kelly who made it on his third time, uh, third go at it. As I said, when the you race say make was it running so. for nine years before the first person finished it. When that's you say mad. make it, it means finish in the 60 hours. Yeah, that's okay. it. So for example, that guy, uh, Gary Robbins, the ultra runner who I said tried to do it three times. On his last uh, go, he came in just six seconds over shy of 60, the 60 hours yeah he came in 60 like hours and over. six seconds oh my god but he also took a wrong turn so there's a bit of controversy <laughs> over that but uh yeah it is it's, he's he didn't get it he but, didn't get it that uh, and then you get nothing other than the glory absolutely nothing except the props except that you can go to any ultra runner and you can just say barkley and they just know 
oh, what right. you mean. You, it's this infamous. It's just and this everyone accolade. Would be like, Sophie, that's the Sophie who completed the Barclay. Uh, fucking, yeah, the there's Barclay. only 15 of them in the world. Like, that's mad. I said it to Heather, our friend who's into ultra running. Um, I texted her and she was just like, oh, the Barclay, Jesus Christ. And this woman, our friend, has done like multi-day races across Iceland. Do you think you would ever one day want to do the Barclay? No. I just I'm not built for it I know I'm not I'm working up to a half marathon at the moment <laughs> like get I'll, back, get back I'll get to back you. to you in I'll get back to you once I'm up to the marathon but um, on a very slide side creep the in, inclusion of women when do you think the first official oh, uh, woman ran a marathon a fortnight ago <laughs> in in the world in general or in in like, the world in general when oh. what year? But sure, how long is ma- a marathon? What which 82. marathon? Eighty two. Yeah, you're not far off. Uh, I think it's um eighty six. <laughs> oh god! But it, it just wasn't open to just wasn't women open to them. Now there is like a history of absolute badass baller oh, women. There's a great photograph. Yeah, and she was that the New York City Marathon, and uh, she or was it Boston? Or it was Boston, and she um. They obviously weren't allowed to officially enter, but she ran it anyway. And some of the entries, the men runners, were wrestling her off the fucking race. Like, yeah, there was race officials pulling trying her, to pull her, dragging yeah. her away. And there was other men racing in that race who clumped around her to uh, help protect. her. Yeah, which is insane. Madness, that was in it? the 60s, I believe. And mm. um, so, yeah, there's a few instances of like, Women just doing the marathon distance, but never being included in any official results. There is a bit of dispute over who is the first woman to complete a marathon. Like, um, basically, it was done first in nine. It was done in eighteen ninety six by uh, one woman. Then, but she wasn't uh, credited okay. with having completed because she is a woman. Literally, just because she had a vagina. Uh, then there is Mary Louise Ledru who was credited as the first woman to complete a marathon in 1918. And so then the next woman to be officially timed in a marathon was a woman called Violet Piercy in 1926, right? And then for some batshit medical reason, they decided that women couldn't run distances because their wombs would fall out. Yes. Oh, prolap. It's a common running for the bus issue running for the bus issue if you are not like an elite athlete athlete who's trained it's utter bullshit maybe should you not remember back in the day if you had a prolapsed womb already the the floating womb theory as well there's loads of oh yeah just that it was just floating in there and it couldn't be disturbed so it was after 1926 that we took like a major step backwards and they would not allow women to run in marathons and then it became a thing where like women were as like that woman in the Boston Marathon in the 60s like was trying to run um, subtly like under the radar run I think I just have a there's a brilliant you have a little bit on her or a photograph um, I have a little uh, bit, I don't know, uh, I thought I had it, of just info about a woman who, oh, never mind. Don't she worry, put don't her, um, she, like they had, there was. Did she dress as a man? Yeah, there was scenarios where they were like hiding in bushes and stuff like that <laughs> to try and uh, get into the starting line. And in order to place and just, then reveal. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of happened. And then they accused one woman of, um. Catherine Switzer, I'll just get her up. Um, she put her first initials down and um, 
so they didn't realize that she was a woman until it was too late and she had run already uh, so you know just mad shit to be honest so they didn't have the first women's marathon until 1986 and that was women only yeah, yeah. well here Bloody we are Nora. and uh, I bet That's you one day you will try that Berkeley race I'm going to put my my, Me. my words <laughs> into into permanency via this podcast bet you I will would uh, die trying I would die trying. I have a stubbornness in me. It's yeah, true. I think you could really dig into that. All the sleep deprivation though. I like, they're losing their minds. I saw, so there's two documentaries that are really good on this. There's Where Dreams Go to Die that you can watch on YouTube. And then there is the Barkley Marathons, the race that eats its young, eats its young. And I think that's on Prime. Uh, and like, you, you see them coming in after loop one, loop two, and they're like catatonic. They cannot speak. Like, you'd lose your actual reason. I think that's what is way, like, yeah, harder that's to the cope real with. mental. Yeah. Anyway, that sounds horrendous. Uh, but yeah. also amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Everyone enjoy the fact that we're not in the middle of uh, running a Bartley Marathon. Things that could be worse. absolutely fascinating. Isn't it? And your man. Anyway, thank you for coming. Uh, don't forget, Thursday, you're listening on Tuesday, so two I'm gonna days put time. Up, you know what I'm going to do today? Even though this is coming out tomorrow, I'm going to put up the... Uh, Zoom details today, right? To get everyone geared up, because the last time we did it on the f- Thursday, the day of, and everyone was like, oh, "Our lives are resumed again." All right, so, so book it in, get in there, and uh, come on board. And Can't wait. Today's episode was really nice. Up, you know, f- you know, fun it was and long, weird, wasn't it? But we had several uh, hours. We had minim- several hours. We had minimum gore, so I think gore might be coming for you on Thursday. Yeah, Will and it would be nice to have the most uh, a few. Just to, it might be nice to have a couple of visual prompts. Just saying it to I have a slideshow. Fantastic! Put your hand up. I, I love a, a slideshow. I've been working on really? it for a while. I teased it on an episode previously, and then I cut it out because I wanted to be a surprise to okay. everybody. Hey. Very good. Can't wait. See you on Thursday. Do you think people will come? Definitely. Absolutely. They were there last Thursday. People are the last buzzing. Okay. And they jumped down my throat when I accidentally said the 27th of <laughs> September. So people are excited. See you later. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.